Lord, we just thank you that we can be here together. We all come here to be in his presence. So I think we'll just pray and then I'll get into it. How does that sound? <laughs> you have to bear with me. It was the last minute, so well, I think it's going to work. Dear Father, we just thank you that we're able to come here and gather and come into your presence as we're invited into your presence. And Lord, we just thank you that we can find this place of security, this place of peace. And in this place, we find your presence and everything that you are. So we thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. I suppose I've had a bit of a difficult journey over the last few years. I've had flares up in illnesses and things like that, and it's really tested my resolve in a lot of ways. But about 10 years ago, well, around 10 years ago, I got really sick. I came down from Queensland to Victoria and I was in a really bad place. I was 127 kilos, I think I got up to 135 at one stage, and I was just really sick. And the problem was with the doctors was they kept on giving me medication, giving me medication. And at the time we didn't have a church we were going to, because we just moved down here and didn't know much about the place. Mount Beauty sort of up behind the rock, up behind the mountain in the sticks. So we didn't know too many people, but the landlords we met, they were Christians. And that was just a beautiful thing because um, when we rang them looking for a house because God said, this is where we have to go, head south. So we did, after a while. <laughs> but when we headed south, you know, and he, when we rang him, he said, oh, he said, by the way, I've got, I've, we're Christians. And I said, oh, that's great. You know, and he says, well, God actually told us to hold a house. There was a family coming down from Queensland with one kid and a couple of dogs and a cat and I had to hold this house. So he'd been holding the house for a few weeks open because God told him someone was going to come down so it was a real God moment for us to be there but it was really a place I was heading to a place of peace a place where I could heal where I could get back to where I was and it's been such a long journey because the medication I was on was just making me sicker and sicker the doctors keep on giving me more and more medication it was making me sicker and I didn't understand why I was getting so sick but then with that sickness came depression a real deep depression and it really broke me and it really broke my family it's hard when you're in those places to find that place of rest the, the place I needed to find with God I couldn't find it it was out of my reach for some reason I don't know why it just left me I couldn't find that peace and then I got to a point where I started losing my mind I couldn't remember when Vicky or Daniel was standing in front of me, I couldn't remember my son's name. Now, it was just a really deep, difficult time to get through. And of course, the doctor decided it was time to get me to a counsellor. So I went to a counsellor and it was, he wasn't a Christian, but he understood where I was and who I was. And it's amazing that someone who wasn't a Christian actually led me back to the place I needed to be. He led me back to the presence of God. Because not being in that presence was so hard, so difficult, and so damaging. I tried to keep my faith. One thing, I used to pray, and pray, and pray, and pray. But it felt like I was getting no answers. Being in a room full of people who loved you, but you could not feel a single bit of that love. It was so difficult. But he just brought me back and taught me how to find that love again, just to open me up. And they ended up changing my medication. I got a different medication. My whole world started opening up again. But I'd found that presence, 
a beautiful presence in Christ. I'd found the place to go to. So we ended up going, started going back to a church that was up there and it, it was still a long way to go. My health was really bad. Before I came down here, I was actually pastoring a church in Queensland. But in the end, the church folded and I had to give it away, but it was like it all came to that time because I had to go through this trial, through this difficulty. I don't blame God for putting me in there because I know through that I learnt a passion and a trust and a depth for the love of my Father that I would never found otherwise. Such a difficult place to go to. But through that, God, you know, God just taught me so much. So yes, the new medication I loaded up, my mind started opening up. We ended up moving down here and uh, new medication again and I started to wake up. I always asked for healing, all the way through my journey for many years. I asked for healing. Asked and asked and asked for healing. Every time someone was praying, I was up the front. Give me that healing, Lord, give me that healing. And I started getting a little discouraged in my face because I wasn't receiving it. I was in his presence. I was here. Give it to me. But then I got the word that you are healed. Just be humble. You are healed. The rest will take care of it, but you are healed because I was healed in my heart. I was healed in my heart. Where I'd come from in my past was, a, it was just a real damaging place where I hurt people because I only knew hurt and I didn't know love. But since coming out of my sickness, I have just come forward so much. I found God before that. I found Christ, but I never really knew that deep presence, that deep place that we could find. But now, such a beautiful place. And understanding that every Christian has a right to go to that place. It's a perk of being a Christian. It's our special place we can go to. But in our talk, especially through God's Christmas gifts that we started up, we've met a lot of families, met a lot of Christians from a lot of diverse areas. And it's amazing how many of those Christians don't know where that place is. They've accepted God. They believe there's a God. They started walking for whatever way they fell away because they never found that special place. They were never guided to it. So that's where I want to sort of go today. We need to find his presence. And truly know that we're in his presence and what we receive when we're in his presence. Hebrews 10, 19 to 25. We'll just work through it. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened up for us through the curtain that is his body. And since... We have a great priest over the a house of God. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, with the full assurance that faith brings having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a, from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some of the habit of doing, but encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So we have been given a right to enter into his presence, a right to share in his love, 
a place where we can come and be refreshed, be renewed, be regenerated, find healing, find peace, find everything that we're looking for. And it's not a tangible place that you can find on earth. There's no money can bring you to that place. There's nothing you can buy, nothing you can sell, no bribery, no other way you can get there but through the love of Christ. And in John 3.16, you know, that is the place where God, where, God where God sent his son to the sacrifice for us, for each and every one of us, so that we have a chance to live. Ephesians 4.22.24 That in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old life, uh, the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. So we've been given a chance to walk away from our old world and walk into the new world. We've been given a chance to break through the boundaries of our physical world. He invites us into his spiritual world. In that spiritual world, it's connected to us through a place, oh, we all know the Jacob's Ladder. In the Old Testament, I've got it here written down here somewhere, but I can't find it at the moment. <laughs> but in Jacob's Ladder, the angels going up, angels coming down. That is the place that connects us to earth. It has always been there. Only in the Old Testament it was only given to a few. Only a few had access to it. God only gave the Holy Spirit to his prophets. And a few times he placed it in the house of Israel. But apart from that, they didn't have that guidance. They didn't have that fellowship that we have with the Holy Spirit. But that place is also a place of creation. Every morning we are renewed. Every minute, every second, hour, every hour of every day, we are renewed. We are made new. And how can that happen? It happens in that presence, in that place. That is a place of creation. Luther and many scholars through the time, many theologians, talk about a continuous creation. Original creation happened back in Genesis, the seven days of creation. But since then, there is a continual beautification a continual renewing, a, tenu a continual creating a place for us every day. And that was brought back through Christ. Once Christ entered this world, God connected back with this world in a big way. He wanted his family to come home. He wanted all his children home. So in that place, he created creation because we need that creation. We need renewing every day. And everything around us is renewed every day. And opportunities are made for us to grow and to share uh, his gospel. He wants us to come back into a oneness with him. So we have to have these places created for us. Now we know we go out in this world to find people and to, bring, to spread the word of Christ, but it is God who brings them to us. It's God that creates those opportunities for us to share his word. And we have to be prepared to be ready to receive them. So, you know, as we walk through the world, it's important that we remember that place of creation is there. 
Because when I was in my saddest, darkest moment, a place of creation created a whole new world for me. And when you come to the cross and you lay your old self down, then you have, a whole new world is created for you, for you are transformed. And then continually we can bring that creation into the world around us. We know we walk through a time where we have COVID and, you know, and everything's up and down, the stock market's all over the place, you can't invest money here, there or anywhere because you don't know what's going to happen to it tomorrow. And we have wars overseas and all sorts of things happening. So we need to bring everyone back to the point of creation and make that creation happen in the world around us. It's what we do, what we show others, how we walk, that brings people to that place. You know, we can talk and talk, but the problem with talking is that only takes up 7% of our conversation. 93% of our conversation is what we do, our actions in the world around us that create, that create that conversation. And that's what we need to do through our bodies and through what we do, through our walk. We create this world around us. So continual creation... Ah, oh, there, Jacob Taylor just found it, 2812. There we go. <laughs> Genesis. <laughs> Told you it was a rush job. <laughs> but we see his future through that point too. So the creation point is where we receive the prophecies, where we receive the dreams, how we can see beyond time. Time is a construct that's been created around us. Time was created back in Genesis and that's a border with which we live in, what we survive in. That can be gone tomorrow in a flash. Time has been created for us to live in. When heaven comes back to earth in the end times, that doesn't stop. It continues. We have to live in a time construct. That's why it says heaven comes down because he needs to bring heaven into our time for us to be a part of it. So we are transformed in the light, but still we need time for us. This is our physical being. Even though we pass into the spiritual, we still need time. But like I said, time is a created construct around us. God lives outside of that time. That is why God is in the past, present and the future. And it all comes through that present time because we always live in the past. We never actually live in the, in the present because God is in the present. He told us he's in the present. We're always just behind God. We're a step behind God. And that's for a reason. That veil has been put there. For people who do not believe cannot enter through that. They cannot come into his presence. Unless they're invited in, of course, which we know God at times uses all means to get through to people. And he gives people visions and things happen. But that's his construct. Jesus stands at that gateway at the doorway of the ladder, Jacob's ladder. Jesus is there. And once we accept him, then we're allowed to enter into his presence. So he brings us in to that spiritual realm. Just brings us forth a whisker. And that's where we have all these moments where we see angels, where we see godly things happening around us, we get versions of heaven. All of that happens at that point. And that's that creation point that we step into. If, if we haven't received Christ and we're not washed in the blood, then we have no right to be in that area. It's the same as the tabernacle. Only the high priests were allowed to go in there because they were the only ones cleaned 
and given the Holy Spirit has given them permission to enter into that area through Christ. Well, since Jesus came back and was our sacrifice, it gave us the right to enter into that area. And that's what we do. We step forth, we go into that area, and we have to bring others into that place with us. And that's what the whole job is about. God wants all his children to come home. No one is destined to hell. No one is born destined to hell. Everyone has life. It's whether we choose to pick up that life. Because when we go at the end time, we know when we go into hell, there's, there's no time to stop that either. That's eternal. Because we are eternal. We are eternal beings. We either have a life with heaven or a life in hell. There is no in between. You know, time doesn't stop. That's what I mean. Time continues. He's created time and it will continue. Our earth slowly decays, slowly falls, slowly falls away. And that's to happen. We know that. And times are getting near. We think, see things changing with pollution and the economy and everything just goes <clears throat> droughts and floods and rains. And we know that time is coming closer and closer every day where what we see as a reality around us will end. So that is why it's so important to bring people into the presence, to bring people, let people know who God is and bring him into there. I've seen the other side of where that is and we don't want to go there. You know, when you have visions of hell and you know what's in there, an eternal pain that can't, it just can't stop. You think of all the pain you've ever felt in your life happening to you at one time. Everything in your life that's ever happened wrong around you happening to you at one time. It's hard to imagine and you're just screaming out, God, just, just a touch, just a drop of water to quench the tongue. It's not that you're burning in fire, it's that you're burning in pain because you're burning in hell. And it is a real place. We know that uh, everything will be thrown into hell. All the bad will be thrown into hell. It will be done away with. We know it is there. It is a constructed place. And in Armageddon, I guess the devil will find out all about it. <laughs> but God wants all his children to come home. We need to find a way to get them home. You know, we, we have to be ready to receive. And to receive... We need to find this place. And like I said, I know a lot of people have not found the presence of God. They are Christians and haven't found the presence of God. They walk through their life. You'll see them in some churches, they'll just sit there, just a boring, sustained life. They're there every Sunday and that's all they do. They never grow. They never come forth. They, they never um, achieve the fullness of Christ because they've never walked into that place. They're happy just to sit on a seat. But that's not what God created us for. We are not who we see. You know, some people just can't comprehend who God is, unfortunately. Isaiah 48, 18. They do not comprehend or discern, for he has shut their eyes so they cannot see and closed their minds so they cannot understand. So we know there's a battle out there. We know that we have to fight hard to get his word out there. We know there's some that won't see. And that is why we have people who put down God because they cannot see him. 
They put down Jesus because they cannot see him. They believe in the evolution of the world, Darwin's evolution, because they cannot see God. Yet most astronomers, you find, are Christians. 80% of astronomers are Christians. Because every time they look into the depths of the earth and into the depths of space, they get more and more answers that they cannot understand, that they cannot fulfil. They come up with theories and all sorts of stuff, but in the back of their mind they know there is no other way to explain what they find. There's no set pattern to everything. It's not chaos. It's an educated placement. And now they're finding dark matter, how everything's joined together and everything works together as one. So even they know that there is a God out there. But we know that some have just fallen away so far that they cannot see it. But we never give up hope because we don't know who's been chosen and who hasn't. We need to get God get the word out there. And if we get a rebuke for it, so be it. I know what's on the other side. I don't want anyone going to hell. I know what heaven is. Why, Vicky, just talk to her. She'll explain you her vision she had when she died and her last operation was brought back. How beautiful heaven is. And we watched a few documentaries online and what they were saying was exactly the same as what Vicky was saying. You know, there's just this beautiful, beautiful place that we all need to see and we all have a right to be there. Jesus is in control. He's in control of our churches. And the, he is in control. This is his church. Man may say, this is my church and I want to do this and that. That's not what it's about. This is God's building. This is God's church. And God is moulding the church to receive what is outside. That is why we have so many different churches. Because God is moulding our churches. Moulding them so that we can be ready to receive. Now the heart in this place is beautiful. I'll walk in here and I feel the presence of God every time I come in here. Every time I stand up here and pray, pray and um, sing, I get lost in it. It's always here. It's always just an arm's reach. Just grab hold of it. So how many here have experienced the presence of God? The presence, being in the presence? Show of hands, how many people believe they have been in the presence of God? And how many people would love to be in the presence of God? To live in the presence of God? Every day. We can, every morning when you wake up, put yourself in the presence of God. I've been through some difficult days and some difficult times, like I said, through this pain. But I bring myself every morning into the presence of God when I wake up. And that gives me the strength to get through the day. I had a full body scan. They did the thing where they measure hot parts of your body to see where you have pain. My whole body lit up. But I don't feel that every day. Because I'm living in God. And remember that someone is always watching. What you're going through, there's somebody else that's always watching your journey. You mightn't see them, but there's always somebody else watching what you go through. Because oh. God has just blessed me with so much and is tried to build me in a way that I can bless others with what I have. 
He wants me to share my love and my blessings with everyone around me. And by putting myself in that place, it allows in the presence every morning, it allows me to walk through the day in the presence. I may come across people who are angry. Well, Vicky said you just get you know hairy legs is all around you all the time. It's always picking on someone, and always putting someone in your path, and it's usually the least expected place where it comes from. You know, even Vicky says, why am I so calm in those times? Because I am. I'm in, I'm in the presence of God. If those people have come into my presence, then it means I need to do something about that. And you need to ask yourself, God, what do you want me to do these times? Now, I'm still human. I'll still go off on my rants and my rages, and I still do that. But the thing is, we're Christians. We're not zombies. We're full of emotion. We're created with emotion. We are to love. We are to laugh. We get angry. Look, Jesus got angry in the temple when he overturned the tables and threw the traitors out. We have emotions. Jesus cried, he wept. We cry, we wept. Jesus felt pain, we feel pain. We are emotional people. I think becoming a Christian just makes you more emotional because you feel more of that. But allowing yourself to be in the presence of God teaches you how to use that emotion. Being around people and knowing how they feel. They say the Holy Spirit joins us or we're all joined by the Holy Spirit. We can feel each other. When someone's not there, you feel a loss. Where are they? We must find them. And you feel sorrow because God feels that same sorrow. We are joined by the Holy Spirit. He makes us all one. So we, must be, we have to be aware. Be aware of what that is. Be aware of those emotions and listen to God and how he wants us to use those emotions. Now, sometimes we need to get angry because we need to protect someone. Sometimes we need to be angry to protect our family. Sometimes we need to be angry to make sure that others aren't using us. And in those times, it's fine to be angry. But it's how we use that anger. You know, if someone's kicking you all day long, then you want to be able to step up and defend yourself or someone step in to defend you. You know, to lay down your life for another is the greatest thing you could do. So with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, they walked with God. You can read Genesis if you like. <laughs> but they walked with God. They were in God's presence continually. He came down and walked with them in the garden in the cool of the evening. He was in their presence. They were in his presence. He supplied for them. Everything was great. Until the fall. And in the fall, that's when that veil was put up. That's when that curtain was put up and they were thrown out of his presence. But now Jesus has come back here has given us a right to walk in that presence. We have a right to walk in the presence. We may not walk in the garden... God said we would never walk in the garden again when we get to heaven. We won't walk in the garden. But we do have a right to walk in his presence. Do we have a right to be one with him? Matthew 7, 7 to 8. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. The one who knocks the door will be opened 
We just have to ask. If you want to come into that presence, just ask. Ask God to reveal himself to you. Ask God to be invited in. Because we really need to be in that place. All the time. It, like I said, it is our right. It's a perk of being a Christian. We, are, we have a living God. A living, breathing God. Jesus Christ is living man, flesh. It is our right to be able to talk to him. It is our right to be able to spend time with him. We were given that right when we became heirs of heaven. I've heard people say that, you know, the Holy Spirit, that, you know, while we don't hear him talk, we only hear feelings. We, only, uh, we feel him all in different ways. We hear him in different ways. There's all different ways he wants to get through to us, whatever we're comfortable with. But that is our right. We, have a, we should be conversing with Jesus every day. We should be in uh, connection with Jesus all day long. I know we live in a world that is full of things that take us away from God. We're in a world where there's idols placed everywhere for us everything to take us away from God, whether it be money, whether it be power. You know, 90% of the time people go through this world and they're looking at what the neighbour's got and trying to get get it because they want something better. They want something better. That wasn't placed there by God. God wants us to be better. He sees something totally different to what we see. You know, I often look at God and say, Why do you, what do you see in me? Because I have prophecies set out of men. Things that I've been said, oh, I don't see that person. That's what God sees. So each day I ask God, show me who you want me to be. Show me, give me a vision of where you want me to be. He wants to give us something. He wants us to be more than what we are. He has a place for each one of us. But it's up to us to step forward because he is a gentleman. He won't come and, he won't come and stand in our way. He won't come and, do, and take over our lives unless we invite him in. Here's a gentleman. You know, I've, I've sat there in my younger days, you know, screamed out, God, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? God, do this, do that. Oh, you know, we're screaming for revival. Come and give us revival. But we forget where the people have to step into that. If I want revival, then I've got to start that. Like God's Christmas gifts. Someone had to start that. You know, God chose us. Thank you, God. It's God's. It's not ours. But he chose us to take on that role and to do that job. He's got something for everyone to do. It mightn't be a ministry like that, but he has something for all of us to do. You know, we may think that we haven't got the education. We may think that we don't have the smarts. God does. If God calls you to do something, he will give you everything you need to do it. And it will be completed through him. He doesn't do half-hearted things, that's for sure. <laughs> And some of the things we may think are way too much for us. But they're not. He will, give you, he will bring you to that place. My uh, ex-senior from our old church, when he came out from London, he couldn't read or write. Not an ounce. He could barely scratch his name. And God called him to be a pastor. Called him to lead his flock. 
He's shaking. He said, how am I supposed to do that? I can't even read the Bible. I can't even read your word. But in a dream, that night, God came to him and said, I will give you what you need. I will teach you. So he just accepted God and said, okay, let's go. Let's see what you can do. Within a couple of, I think three years, he'd finished his Bible college. Three years. He learnt to read and write and finished all his final exams, finished with, um, finished with majors. and It was just amazing, his journey. And I've talked to others of his relations and they said he could not read or write. He couldn't do anything. He couldn't read street signs. He had a problem getting a licence back where he was because he was supposed to read. But there was a policeman there who took pity on him and actually took him out and, you know, did his licence without him having to read. So he knew what shapes the signs were and, that, and that's what he used to go by. That's how illiterate he was. He was just brought up in a bad part of England and his family had nothing and that's just the way he was. But God took him to new heights. And that's what he can do for us. No matter where we are in our walk, listen to what he's putting in your heart. Go into his presence and say, show me, give it to me. Let's see what he can do. John 16, 13. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will disclose to you what is to come. He is always there for us. We just need to reach out and take his hand to accept him and come into his presence. Come into his presence and see what you find. He has so much love and there is so much depth to who he is. And he wants us to search those depths. He wants us to be a part of his life and he wants to be a part of our life. Don't think, ever think, that you're not enough. Because you are. Don't ever think that your past determines who you are. Because only God determines who you are. They say leopards can't change their spots, but I've seen God change spots, change people. He changed me from a place where I was, which is just a terrible, low place where I hurt people because I only knew hurt. I didn't know what love was. So that's why I shared with what I had. You know, and God just showed up one day and said, enough's enough. I want you. And it's through a youth group, a pastor, is the one that changed me. He brought me and just showed me something that was totally foreign to me, something I didn't know. And from the moment I got, oh, when I gave, um, when I came into his, uh, be baptised, you know, learn about God and all this, I got violently ill. I got so ill. I was throwing up. I was going into fits. You know, and he believes that that day something came out of me. Because from that day on, all I could see was light. I didn't want to be a part of that darkness. I didn't want it in my life. And it was just, that was the amazing turnaround for me. 
And he led me into the presence of God, into that presence, and my life totally changed. It totally turned me around. I'm not the person I used to be. I even talk to my old friends, you know, and they're shocked by where I am for what I used to be. And I thank God every day of my life. I thank him because he is so special in my life. And that's why I want to search more and more. So, let us pray. Dear Father, we just thank you that we are able to come into your presence. We thank you that we are able to share your presence. We thank you, Lord, that you have invited us in. And Lord, we just ask for that continual renewal, regeneration, and the creation in our world of beauty, the creation in our world, the place where we can share your word, where we can share your miracles, and we can make your reality in our world. We just thank you, Lord, for the blessings you give us every day. And Lord, we pray for the courage to stand up and walk into that presence to see what is on the other side, to see what you will do with us, to see what you will make of us. We thank you, Father. We just thank you that you know our hearts. We thank you, Lord, that you see beyond who we are, that you can see the beauty in each and every one of us. And help us to see that beauty in each other and to encourage each other and to pick each other up. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, thank you, Father. Amen. So, yeah, you can stay here and um, have a cuppers. <laughs>